You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 21st, 2021. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll replay some audio from Jeff Weltman from earlier this week as he talks about uh, Steve Clifford and the job that he did. We'll discuss Steve Clifford and the job that he did and why he is still so important to what the Magic are trying to do despite some quiet calls for change among Magic Twitter. We'll get to all that coming up here. Plus, a look at what the San Antonio Spurs can teach the Orlando Magic as we continue to review eliminated teams from the play- from playoff contention and how the Magic can learn from them and grow to get where they are. Obviously not complete, Obviously not the goal, but a way station nonetheless. Before we get to any of that, though, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching for every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies before tonight's play-in tournament? Check out Locked On Grizzlies or Locked On Warriors. Want to stay up to date on the NBA playoffs? Check out all the great podcasts covering the NBA playoff teams plus Locked On NBA with a national perspective. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is also brought to you by our pals at Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Probably the... The number one thing that I'm seeing debated among Magic fans this offseason has been about Steve Clifford uh, and whether he is the right coach for the team moving forward. Um, I, I I agree with the discussion to this extent um, that after a season where you go 21 and 51, where everything goes wrong, where everything goes bad, you have to do a certain amount of quality control. And I think the front office should be right to review their processes, their thought process, and where things might have broken down. And again, yes, whether people are in the right spots. Um, the Magic went into the season with the expectations that they would make the playoffs. And even before we got to the trade deadline when everything changed, the Magic fell short of that goal. Um, injuries were part of the problem. For sure, no doubt. The season was a trying one and I think an exceptionally difficult one for a team like Orlando that doesn't have a go-to star. You know, you stick Bradley Beal on this team and they're probably a four-seed beast. Um, you know, that, that that's that's the reality of things. But everything needs to be reviewed. And, and Jeff Weltman did say Wednesday that, yes, you know, they're, they're going to review their own processes. They're going to review their own, their own kind of way they do things. Um, because... You have a season this bad. You didn't accomplish your goals. You have to think about these things. And, you know, the coach isn't exempted. The training staff isn't exempted. At the tra- I mean, you know, the, a big question that I feel during the season was, well, how much of this is the training staff's fault? And I was like, I don't think it is. I don't think you can play in for all these injuries. There were some catastrophic injuries this season. But absolutely, quality control. Review your processes, review where things might have broken down, where you might have made some misjudgments, and 
you know, yes, determine if that's, if you have the right staff to execute your plan. The coach is no different. The Magic should review what they have in Steve Clifford and whether he did the job that they expected him to do. That is absolutely something the team must do. But I think what's clear from what Jeff Weltman said on Wednesday, I think what's clear from just watching the team, that Steve Clifford did about all he could with the limitations put on him and the limitations of the roster. And Steve Clifford's history suggests that he is the right coach for the job. Let's hear from Jeff Weltman on Steve Clifford this season. I, I can't thank those guys enough, and I can't tell you what a good job I think they did. Um, I have to say, when we were discussing these internally, when they were discussing these trades, you know, and, and you know, we had discussions everywhere across the board with every sort of agenda lined up, and as we always must. And um, I, one of the things that we discussed was it's not the right time to do this. You know, these sorts of kind of like organizational shifts should not be done mid-season. It's not fair to the coaches. It's not fair to, you know, some of the players that, are, that, are, that remain. And it's not um, conducive to a real smooth transition to, you know, another phase of, of, of your operations. And so, you know, look, what do you do as, your, as a coach when all of a sudden, like, you know, your, your roster changes, your agendas change, your goals change? What can I say? They've done, a, they've done an amazing job. I think, like, you see it in the development. Back to the last question, like, RJ Hampton getting better, you know. Um, Cole got better. Chuma got better. I mean, like, I think that, you know, this is part and parcel of having, having a, an organization that communicates and having a coaching staff that, you know, is working for the organization. And so... Um, uh, I don't know what to tell you. It's 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 it's, it's a it's a really difficult thing to do mid-season to just say we're just making this 180 and we're reprioritizing the way that we work and what what matters and um, and and with that you know um, there's no planning that goes into it. By the way, when, as I'm saying that we got a game tonight and another one tomorrow, you know, and uh, you know our coaches, you know, Coach Cliff spends a lot of time on you know, very specifically uh, delegating minutes and roles and who's on the court with whom and playing groups, and, you know, all this. And all of a sudden, to have that completely upended, uh, it's not something that, um, that, that you know, uh, probably was fair to put on his plate, in all honesty. But um, I, I thought he did an amazing job handling it, as I, as I knew he would. And, um, you know, we move on. And, and here's where we are now. You know, now we're in a new phase of, of, of operations, and now we do have you know, the proper alignment, you know, in front of us to, to take the summer to really um, do this right. And that's going to, you know, I mean, internally we're having discussions about, like, how do we need to change the way that we work a little bit, you know. And so, so uh, you know, those things will all kind of evolve over the summer. But, you know, I, I just come back to the right players, the right character, um, more, more abilities to add more and, and kind of, like, going forward from there. There is a lot to unpack in, in that statement from Jeff Wellman. I know it was kind of long. Wellman tends to kind of layer his, layer his responses at times, um, but a lot to unpack there. Um, first of all, you know, Wellman's absolutely right. It, it, is, it was a little bit unfair to make this gigantic of a shift um, with Steve Clifford, with Steve Clifford um, to, to go from a team that was contending for and aiming for the playoffs, that, that was a, a veteran team, to a young one that really didn't have a training camp or time to get back together. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times... I was watching a game 
and there's a defensive rotation that was just missed or, or something the Magic were doing, and I was just like, that's something you learn in training camp. That's something you learn with a with a with a pra- with a few practices and drilling. And the fact of the matter is, like like he said, there was no time to practice um, this year. Um, you know, I, I I think one of the I think the things that make Steve Clifford a really good coach really worked against him in this in this season. With no practice time, with not without a real training camp, the Magic just didn't have the time to drill down on these basics or to reinforce these basics as the season was going on. And again, without a all-star level that kind of perimeter breakdown player, a guy who could just bail you out with a good shot, everything suffered for it. Um, you know, this was not a season to be a good defense. I mean, this was not a season to have to rely solely on your defense. Um, I don't. I, I, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I would bet that the, all the teams that are top 10 in defense um, are at least mediocre on offense, or at least the, all the teams that are top 10 in defense that made the playoffs are all at least top half of the league offensively. I, I, I don't think that... I don't think that that there were a lot of teams like the Magic were in 2019 and 2020 that were top 10 to defense, bottom 10 offense, uh, and, and that that I just don't think that was a formula to make the playoffs this year, and that's kind of, that was kind of the Magic's formula over the last few seasons. Um, Clifford, like Weltman said, there is very methodical in particular about how he builds his rotations and his playing groups, and that was always something that was on their mind. That was always something that. Uh, that the team kind of struggled with throughout the course of the season. Um, they, they. I mean, again, they, there wasn't that. This was this is a season that demanded improvisation, uh, and the Magic don't have players who can improvise. I remember Steve Clifford, I think, saying during the 2020 season, you know, that we're really good at running through our sets, but the issue is what happens when it's time to make a play. Like you can run a set to get a specific shot or to get a, a, a the ball into a player's hands in a specific spot, but at the end of the day. Someone's got to go out there and make a play, especially with the shot clock winding down. And, and the Magic just didn't have a lot of those guys, especially after Markel Fultz went down, and certainly once Nikola Vucevic was traded away. So a lot of things were working against Steve Clifford this season. At the same time, though, that development piece is still so critical. Even without the practice time, even without veterans on the floor with them, Cole Anthony got better. R.J. Hampton got better. Chuma Okiki got better. Wendell Carter showed lots of flashes. Mo Bamba freaking got better. And I know there's a there's a little bit of a um, there's a little bit of a sense that that Clifford doesn't really trust Bamba, and, and that's that's fair. But Bamba got better when he got more playing time, when he got more opportunity. Um, the, Clifford has players thinking the right things. He spoke all the time about trying to keep the team in a winning mindset, even as they were struggling, and even as they kind of had had these difficulties. That didn't change. Clifford didn't change the team's goals or what he expected them to do. That's that's the truth. That's the bottom line here. And to me, that's what Clifford is best at. A lot of the coaches that people have thrown at me as, as guys that the Magic should look into or hire to replace Clifford are just young or are nostalgic names. A lot of people have said, you know, the Magic should go after Penny Hardaway. Well, I don't think Penny Hardaway is leaving Memphis, and either way, all he's done there besides recruit is win the NIT. Um, is is that enough? Is that enough to replace a guy like Clifford? Um, a young coach does not necessarily mean a better coach for young players, though. Lloyd Pierce was thought to be a really good coach for young players, and the Hawks kind of stalled out. Um, and and there's, def- there's reportedly some tension there. The Magic hired a young coach in Jacques Vaughn way back when. 
How did that work out? What Steve Clifford has been best at in, in his entire head coaching career is teaching teams how to build consistency and build a foundation. That's the Steve Clifford way. In Charlotte, he took over a team that had nine wins, or had, what, 21 wins, and turned them into a 40-win playoff team. They won 50 games the, ne- the, the, the following season and made the playoffs again. The, this is what Steve Clifford does. And in Orlando, the Magic went from a 25-win team to a 40-win, 42-win team in the playoffs. What Steve Clifford's really good with the structure he provides and the structure he creates is building the foundation so players can succeed and players can learn how to win. For a young roster, for a young team, to me, that is the most vital thing. That is the most important thing. Is having that base of understanding and base of knowledge and learning how to win. Now, it hasn't reached playoff success yet, and Clifford's the first to acknowledge it. You're ultimately judged by the playoffs. And that's a huge question. But the Magic aren't at that stage. The Magic are back to where they were before they hired Clifford trying to build a foundation and trying to learn how to win once again. So how is Clifford not the right coach? How is Clifford not the right coach for this group? I think the calls to move on from Clifford are just kind of a sense of everything needs to change. It's and maybe that's fair. At some point, the Magic will need a new voice, and at some point, yes, Clifford's going to have to answer this question about whether he can actually win in the playoffs. But for a young team like this, for where the Magic are heading now, I can't think of a better coach than Steve Clifford to teach them how to win in this league, even on the smallest levels, and to be competitive once again. I suspect that Steve Clifford will get a contract extension this year. He is entering the final year of his contract, and having a lame duck coach with a team this young doesn't make sense to me. I'm expecting extensions for both Clifford and for Jeff Weltman this offseason. And that may seem counterintuitive considering the team is restarting, but considering Weltman got the go-ahead to do that restart, and Clifford is the perfect coach to restart a franchise or help a franchise grow, I don't see another I don't see another way that this thing can go. We'll get into some of the some of those issues that maybe Clifford has to talk a little bit about um, the Magic's maybe flexibility on offense and one area that they really struggled in that is frankly too much a part of their offense. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. 
Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and a whole lot more. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. So like I said on yesterday's episode, one thing I'm going to try and do over the course of the postseason is as teams get eliminated from playoff contention, try and draw a little nugget or lesson that the Magic can take from each team. What works and what doesn't work for these teams that are essentially where the Magic want to be. Um, you know, I, I posted my first one and some people kind of yelled at me a little bit for saying, oh, this is, you, you want to be in the playing tournament. I'm like, yeah, I want to be in the playing tournament, but not as a final goal. It's not, it's a way station. And these teams are better than the Magic, and so there's something to teach them. So if you go back and listen to yesterday's podcast, I know it's kind of long. Um, I talked a little bit about the Charlotte Hornets and how their team building resembles a little bit of what the Magic are trying to do and what the Magic are trying to be. But more importantly, they're, uh, the, the thing that I learned from them or the thing that the Magic should draw from them is just how important clutch play is for teams in the middle. Uh, and how the difference between winning and losing games can often turn on a few possessions. And, and that was actually some place where, you know, if the Magic can get themselves into close games, they kind of prove themselves that they are capable of winning said close games. Today I want to talk about the San Antonio Spurs and, and what the Magic can learn from the Spurs. The Spurs are a team that was sort of like the Magic. Um, a, a group with some veteran players, uh, this beginning of the season, LaMarcus Aldridge, um, DeMar DeRozan, but a lot of young guys that are, they're really trying to kind of filter in and, and eventually take over bigger roles. Um, DeRozan will be a free agent this offseason, and what direction the San Antonio Spurs go next is, is certainly going to be a fascinating one over the course of the next season. But the Spurs provide another really important lesson, and really an important lesson throughout for, for the entire league, um, certainly for the Orlando Magic. The Spurs buck the trend. They buck the going thinking, the going logic among this analytically based NBA. For the Spurs, they are a mid-range shooting jump team. They led the league in mid-range field goal attempts per game and were third in the league or fourth in the league in field goal percentage on mid-range jumpers. This is a team that was high volume mid-range jump shooting and, and relatively high efficiency, shooting like 44% from the mid-range this year. In the NBA right now, the analytics will tell you the three best shots you can get are a layup, a three-pointer, and a free throw. And the free throw is the best is the best one because you're almost, you know, again, it's like a 70% chance you're going to hit it or 75% chance you're going to make it. So, in this league, mid-range jumpers are essentially ignored. Um, it's you know you hear some people lament that it's a part of the game that's disappearing, but really mid-range jumpers have become the provenance of the stars. 
only the superstar players, and Nikola Vucevic is actually top 10 in the league in field goal and mid-range field goal attempts made per game this year, only the top players shoot it efficiently enough to, to make the shot worthwhile. I mean, think about it this way. The Spurs made 44.2% of their mid-range field goals this year. So if we say if we say we give a team a hundred shots, the Spurs get forty-four uh, two-point mid-range mid-range field goals in uh, every hundred shots, or hundred mid-range shots. That's eighty-eight points, right? It's pretty good. It seems pretty good. Eighty-eight points over hundred. It's pretty good. It would only take what? It would only take shooting twenty-nine and a half percent on three-pointers to hit that mark. This is why three-pointers are so valuable. This is why three-pointers have changed the game completely. Because an elite mid-range shooting team like the Spurs gets canceled out by even a bad three-point shooting team like the Magic. The Magic can shoot 29.5% from beyond the arc. Now, obviously, like we're stretching things out here. So it's not a perfect comparison, not a perfect thing, but that gives you a sense of what it is. Shooting 44.2% from beyond the arc or from mid-range shots is like shooting 30% from three, if you're only shooting threes. That's not very efficient. That's not very good. And so what we saw with the, with the Spurs against the Grizzlies was the limits of their three-point shooting, was the limits of mid-range jump shooting as a strategy. You got to be able to get to the basket. You got to be able to obviously get transition points and 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 find ways to get easy baskets. That's you know the Spurs aren't like exclusively shooting mid range jumpers, but they are the best mid range jump shooting team in the league, and they've been that way for several years. And what has it gotten them? First round exits. It's gotten them trips to the play in tournament. For the first time in 45 seasons, 45 years, the Spurs will miss the playoffs in consecutive seasons. The NBA's changed, folks. You can't rely on mid-range jumpers. It, it, it can be part of your arsenal and probably needs to be part of your arsenal, but it can't be what you are elite at. It can't be your identity. And unfortunately for the Magic, it was. Early in the season, as the Magic's offense was tearing things up, um, and the Magic got off to that 4-0 start and that 6-2 start, the Ma- everyone was raising alarm bells. They were saying that this offense isn't sustainable. The Magic are shooting too many mid-range jumpers. And indeed, that proved to be correct. The Magic were already coming back down to earth before Marco Fultz's injury. Um, but Orlando ranked this year third with 16.3 mid-range field goal attempts per game. 16.3 mid-range field goal attempts per game. Third in the league. The team only made 40.3% of those shots. 18th in the league. So about league average. But a, a slightly below average percentage on a high volume isn't going to do, be good enough. We know that the Magic are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. 27th in the league in three-point field goal percentage. 26th in three-point field goals per game. After the trade, lot, trade deadline, 29th in three-point field goals per game. The, they were one of two teams after the trade deadline to make fewer than 10 threes per game. And they were last in three-point field goal percentage. Who was the team that made fewer three-point field goals than the Magic? 
It was the Spurs. The bottom line is this, and, and this isn't anything new. This isn't anything crazy. This is I'm not breaking any ground here. The bottom line is this. The Magic need better three-point shooting. They need to rely on these mid-range jumpers a whole lot less, or they need to become elite at them. And frankly, becoming elite at mid-range jumpers or becoming an elite mid-range jump shooting team doesn't get you far enough. Yes, there are yes there are teams that are very very good that are great high percentage field goal mid-range shooting teams. You got to be able to make those shots. But those cannot be the primary shots you get. The analytics are just a reflection of life. They put numbers, they put stats to what works. Getting to the basket Making threes, shooting free throws, works. Mid-range jumpers don't get you far enough. We'll wrap up the show, talk a little bit about the play-in tournament and what happened last night as the Wizards beat the Pacers, coming up here in just a moment. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action too. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I don't have a lot to add here to close the week. Obviously, we were finishing up the play-in tournament on Friday with the Golden State Warriors taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. We saw the Washington Wizards take care of business against the Indiana Pacers. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the Pacers and, and what the Magic might be able to learn from them uh, in, in the coming weeks. I, I, I definitely want to study that a little, study them a little bit more. Is, is there a team that I've long said is, is kind of where the Magic want to be, a small market team that's consistently good, um, that is usually one star away from being really good and, and, and contending all the time. And, and I think that's a good place for the Magic to aspire to be. Obviously, not the end goal. You want to win championships, but um, get it, you know, I think a level of consistency is, is really admirable. And, and I think the Pacers really found that, but unfortunately just, just didn't have enough. Um, obviously, you know, I think one thing that we will debate, and I know one of our writers is, is going to be discussing this here on OrlandoMagicDaily.com very, very soon, um, is... Uh, you know whether the Magic should have gone after Russell Westbrook, whether that would have been the deal to go for, and and again, I think that limits your ceiling, and I think the Magic have a higher ceiling than that right now. But undoubtedly, you know, a player like Russell Westbrook guided the guided the the Wizards from uh, an abysmal record into the into the playoffs now, um, and, and and that's not nothing. And obviously, they have another star in Bradley Beal, and and now they can start kind of building and seeing if they can build. Around that, um, another team that takes a lot of mid-range jumpers. Uh, actually, Russell Westbrook, one of the more high-volume mid-range jump shooters in the league. Uh, so, you know, the, I, I looked. I look at that. I mean, I think the right teams won, and, and honestly, I, I I think that both seven seed, both eight seeds are going to make it, and we'll ha- end up having the playoff teams we were meant to have anyway. Um, I do think that 
I think some people might say, oh, well, if the 7 and 8 seed just make the playoffs anyway, why have this play-in tournament? Um, you know, I, I, I think that that's not, not really the point. Um, like I said yesterday, these, these play-in tournaments are made for TV. Um, they're supposed to be kind of these gimmick games. Uh, and they're not just, not just that they're made for TV. Um, they are, to me... Um, again, just opportunities for young teams to get to get success in the playoffs. Um, you know, Memphis and John Morant having a do or die game against the Golden State Warriors team is going to be great for him and his development. Um, uh, it, you know, watching those young Wizards like Rui Hachimura had a really strong game um, the other uh, uh, last night. Those are really really valuable to him. So I, I think the play in tournament's been worth it. Uh, the ratings certainly suggest they have been. Although having LeBron and Steph certainly helps. Um, and like I said, I think it's probably more valuable in the West where there are more playoff caliber teams than the East where there are fewer playoff caliber teams. Um, but, you know, again, that's, 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 those are the rules the NBA has set up. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to tonight's game against the, uh, between the, the Grizzlies and the Warriors. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And again, single elimination NBA games are never really a bad thing. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see how the playoffs develop. We'll see how things start off. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast for more on the NBA. On today's Locked On Today podcast, are Suns fans disappointed they have to face the Lakers? I think that's going to be one of the more interesting first-round playoff series because as Magic fans know more than any other, never question the heart of a... I, I can't even finish the quote. Never question the heart of a champion. There, there. I, I gagged a little bit having to say that. Um, get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's good too for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore MD. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. So you can find me again on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including our Patino game, yes, I play the Patino game, check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.